How you guys doing this morning? Good? I'm seeing uh, some newer faces to me, maybe. Um, my name is Dave Rains. If you don't know me, I am one of the elders here. Uh, for those visiting, I am not the senior pastor, and I know what that means for those of you that invited someone. You whispered in your ear, and you went, dang, that's not him. I know how this works. I know how this works. Uh, but it is my pleasure to be able to serve you this morning in this way of preaching. Uh, I think that God has something cool for us, uh, so I'm excited to see what we have. Um, I think this morning will be a little bit challenging. Um, I think we'll be encouraged. Uh, most importantly, I think we'll grow, uh, grow closer to Jesus. Amen? That's the most important thing. So um, we're going through a sermon series right now, and the title of that is Where the Wind Blows. Um, our goal as a church uh, is to develop a more robust culture of hearing, responding, and being empowered by the Holy Spirit, by partnering with the Holy Spirit day to day and listening to him and responding to him and taking action with him. And, and that's our goal of this series. I'll be preaching in Acts chapter 4, and the title of my message this morning is The Secret of Boldness. And if you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. It'll also be up here on the screen. And uh, you guys ready? Amen. Lord, this is Peter talking. Look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God. Let me recap a little bit. So in the previous chapter, chapter um, Acts chapter 3, in the previous chapter, we see Peter and John going up to a temple to pray, as they did pretty regularly, where they encountered a crippled man, or as the Bible called him, a lame man, a guy who couldn't walk. He asked Peter and John for money, and Peter responds by saying, money? I don't have any money. Silver and gold? I don't have any silver and gold. But what I do have, I will give to you. And in Jesus' name, he commanded him to stand and walk. And the man who had been crippled for several decades, so I imagine he's probably in his 30s, um, did just that. He got up and walked. And everyone who was watching this take place was marveling and were amazed by what they had seen because this man... Obviously, he was, like, well-known in the town as the crippled man who would beg at the temple on a, you know, weekly or daily basis, however that works. So they all saw this, and they were all amazed by what happened. Now we get into chapter 4, and the religious leaders are annoyed that Peter and John are speaking in the name of Jesus, and that they're doing these miracles, and that they're healing people. So they interrogated them, and they said, um, by what power, and by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, if we are being questioned today because of a good deed done to someone that was sick, and you are asked, and we're asked, how was he healed? Let it be known that it is in the name of Jesus whom you crucified and who God raised from the dead. It is in the name of Jesus that I did these things. Acts 4.13 says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions or friends of Jesus. When they saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So what did they do? They ordered them to stop speaking and teaching in the name of Jesus. 
Peter and John responded by saying, this is a cold move right here. Peter and John respond by saying, we cannot keep from speaking what we have seen and heard. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit that you sent to empower us, Lord, to embolden us, to comfort us, to teach us, to correct us, to guide us. Lord, teach us what it looks like to be bold. Teach us, Lord, how to walk with your spirit, how to walk and cling to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's zoom out a little bit, and let's try to put ourselves in Peter and John's shoes. So they're standing before the same people who had crucified Jesus, the people who murdered Jesus while they're currently being shackled, they're handcuffed, and they're helpless, and they're at their mercy. So you have these men of authority commanding a response as to who they're speaking of. They could lose their life right there in that moment. They could literally lose their life or just remain in jail. Let's zoom out a little further. Who's this Peter guy? Who's this Simon Peter guy? Is this the same Peter who said to Jesus, if I have to, I'll die with you. I'll never disown you. You guys remember that? Remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's like, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to go away. Um, I'm on a mission, actually. And a part of my mission is me being captured and murdered and dying for your sins, being raised from the dead. I'm going to ascend off to heaven, and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And Peter goes, no, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. That's not the plan. That's not how this works, Jesus. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, yes, it is. And Peter goes, well, if that's the case, then I will go with you. I will die with you. I would never disown you. And Jesus kind of responds with, yeah, you will. Um, and he does, right? So remember, Jesus gets arrested. Just kind of paint the picture of who this Peter guy is that has all this boldness. Um, Jesus gets arrested, and, you know, he's about to go get flogged. He's about to go get beaten, essentially. And so some people gather together as they're kind of watching this take place, and Peter, Peter um, kind of comes alongside these, these, these watchers from afar. And they got a fire going. And one of the girls that's inside the crowd points at Peter and says, Hey, you're, aren't you... You were with Jesus, right? Peter goes, no. No, I wasn't. I was not. With, nope. What are you talking about, lady? A little bit later, a guy comes up. Hey, aren't you a Galatian? Right? You, you were with Jesus and those guys, right? He goes, no, man. I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. A third time. Hey, you're, you're one of that rabbi's followers. No, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. The Bible says the rooster crowed, and Jesus looked at Peter because Jesus told Peter this would happen. And the Bible says Peter wept bitterly. He's just crying. He's remorseful for what happened. So what happened here? How does Peter go from zealousness for Jesus, I'll never leave you, I'll die with you, before he was being persecuted, to being a coward, essentially. Then Jesus gets arrested. Uh, when Jesus gets arrested, that's when he becomes a coward, to becoming one of the greatest examples of boldness that we have over the last 2,000 years. How does this happen? What happened to Peter? How did he go from zealous, coward, ultra-zealous to the point where he's willing to actually die now and actually be imprisoned? Well, Peter was already kind of loud and zealous, right? It wasn't that. It wasn't his extrovertness that marked him as a great man of boldness. Actually, um, if you guys know Peter at all, that's what got him into quite a bit of trouble at times was his extroverted personality, willing to step out when he wasn't supposed to, willing to say things that he probably shouldn't be saying, like, all right, Peter, calm down. 
Um, it wasn't that. It wasn't his personality. His personality was not the secret to his boldness. Jesus kind of said this would happen, though. Jesus said um, in John 16, 7, But I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go away. When I go away, I will send the Helper, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, to you. And again in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Wait here to receive the promise from the Father which I told you about. John baptized with water, but in a few days I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Is this where the secret of boldness comes from? Here's my question for you guys. What would it look like if we had this type of boldness? What would it look like if we actually believed that we could ask our Father and he would do miraculous things in us and through us? That he would actually send his Holy Spirit to fill us and we become bolder than we ever have before? What would that look like if we exemplified the same type of boldness that Peter had? Well, I'll tell you what would happen. Those around us would be set free. Those we work with would experience healing they've been so desperately looking for. Our friends, our loved ones, our neighbors, our classmates would encounter Jesus and their lives would be forever changed. They would experience love, like real love, love like never before. Those struggling with addictions and their identity would know that they are made wonderfully and perfectly by God and that he loves them and that he is for them and that he is with them. And how do we know that will happen? Well, we have a bunch of examples. I'll probably just give you a couple. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So those who welcomed his message, that being Peter, who was Jesus' message, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 persons were added. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Acts chapter 5, verse 16. A great number of people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. We see this time and time and time. Again, the disciples who sought God were filled with his spirit and they became bold to step out in faith and trust God. What is the secret to their boldness? And let me acknowledge this up front before we start to really dig into this. This topic of being bold, of sharing what we have seen and what we have heard, of standing on the solid rock of Jesus in the face of persecution. This can bring up feelings of inadequacy, uncomfortableness, sometimes shame. And just to be clear, Grace City, and more importantly, in Jesus, not about shaming. We're not about putting people down um, or anything like that. We are about our Father's mission. We are about doing our Father's business. Um, but there's no shame if we're currently in a season where we're not stepping out in boldness. If anything, uh, you're in good company uh, because we're all there at different parts of our journey. You guys following me so far? All right. You guys can make noise too. Like if I say something that you agree with, you guys can go like amen. You could go hallelujah. You could go let's go Jesus. Like it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you like how to do it, but do something. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's get into it, all right. Um, 
Today where we live, we don't necessarily face the same type of persecution, right? At least in our area of where we live here in the Portland Northwest, um, that these guys had faced. Um, our lives aren't at risk as far as like being murdered or, or crucified. We do have brothers and sisters, as you guys know, in other parts of the world that still do face this. Um, and God bless them. Um, but we, we don't currently. Um, but we do face persecution. We could lose our jobs. We could. I, I, know, I know I got a lot of friends and people that... that um, I won't name companies, but that or you, you, could, you could lose your, your job. Um, you could lose friends. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we could lose. But what I notice more than, than the persecution in my life and in the lives of others is the fear of stepping out and being bold. The fear of trusting God. The fear of sharing what we've seen and heard. The fear of awkwardness, the fear of being an outcast, the fear of not knowing the right answers at the right time, I, I am there with you. Um, and sometimes the fear of unintentionally offending people. So it's not just the persecution, it's the fear within us at times that stops us from being bold. What I notice even more than that, even more than the persecution, even more than the fear, um, is believing the lie that sharing Jesus it's for everyone else but us. It's for the extrovert. Um, it's for the evangelist. It's for the pastor. It's for the specialist, but not us. It's for, it's for those, you know, the, the, the loud, you know, the kind of obnoxious, you know, maybe the, the specialist, the scholar, whatever it may be. It's for them, but it's not for us. But Jesus was clear in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that uh, when he said... Um, but when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in every part of the world. Let me help us a little bit with our beliefs, if I can. And I'm kind of seeing this more as um, a conversation at the dinner table with my family. Um, not as an expert. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you in this. Actually, I write for myself, and I hope you can relate. I've been doing that for 10 years. Uh, so I hope that you guys can glean from what God is speaking to me. But let me help us with our beliefs a little bit. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're trusting Jesus, you've given your life to our King, um, you are a missionary and an ambassador. That's just what you are. Uh, that's your identity. That's what he's bestowed upon you. You're also a king's kid. You're loved. Like, I could keep going, but let's just, I'll stay on track because I'll get distracted. I'll get too excited. Um, you are a missionary and you are an ambassador. We have been sent by our king to speak good news into the lives of other image bearers of God. We've been sent, okay? That's the missionary with a message. It's the ambassador. That's who you are. That's who I am. Now, where do we find these people? They're everywhere. These people are literally everywhere. Every day we are in close proximity to those that God wants to redeem, heal, and save. You are the light in your workspace. You're the missionary of your neighborhood, uh, the coffee shop you frequent, those family dinners. That could get awkward, but that's why we need boldness. Um, in your school, your campus, you are the missionary there in that classroom, in that lunchroom, wherever God has placed you, that's where your mission field is. You carry with you, we carry with us everything that everybody wants. 
truth, peace, new life, love, grace, understanding, identity, answers to the big questions. The Spirit of God dwells within us, and he has revealed himself to us, and this is what the world actually wants. And we have it. We have a good message to share with other people. And just like the gospel, the good news, um, it's important that we remind each other of this as constantly as we can. Because this, this work that God's given to us, it's good work, but it's hard work. It's scary work, right? My wife, my beautiful wife, her right there, uh, being as wise as she is, um, I was sharing with her a little bit about what, what I was going to be talking about. And um, she wanted me to make it clear that the way boldness in sharing what we've seen from Jesus, um, the way we do that will look differently for each of us. The way I do it won't look like the way you do it. The way you do it won't look like the way he does it. The way he does it won't look like the way she does it. It just will look very, not always, you know, drastically different. Um, but we're different. Um, some of us, including myself, are very loud about it. Um, super chatty. Uh, hey, man, where are my loud people at? <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> the other people are like, oh my gosh. Those people. Um, so, some of us are really loud, super chatty, all over the place. <laughs> Others are soft-spoken and very intentional. And some of us are very firm, direct, and straightforward. And those are all okay ways. The beautiful thing is that God has created us in a very unique way um, to operate on an individual and in a corporate way that will allow, actually allow us to reach those that others can't. Right? There's going to be some people out there that I'm just going to connect with, just right there. Um, there's going to be others that I just, I just won't really click with them the way you will. And that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of living out the way that God has created us. So we see Peter and John being bold in the face of persecution, speaking God's word. People were being saved. People were being healed. People were coming into community and experiencing new life, new family, new identity. What's the secret to that type of boldness? How do we become bold in that kind of way? And why boldness? Why boldness? Why not, like, Lord, give me a new gift. Why not giftings? Why not a different personality? Why not a certain type of coolness? Well, one answer is because the mission we have doesn't require a change in the way that God has created us. The personality that God has created with you is exactly what your mission field needs. Your giftings, the way you dress, your style, the kind of music you like, your hobbies, the kind of books you read, uh, whether you're black, white, rich, poor, whatever language you speak, wherever you were born, like literally, however you are and God created you, that's what your mission field needs. God has placed you there with your uniqueness in order to share his message, in order to share what you've seen and heard with boldness. So why boldness? Because none of those other things are what's going to get us there. We need boldness because sharing our faith oftentimes is scary. Um, even those who do it more than others, which there's no competition or anything. Um, it's just scary. It's a very scary, nerve-wracking thing. Um, it's awkward. Oftentimes, it can be awkward. Um, 
We need boldness because most of the time we won't feel like doing it. Um, we need boldness because we could be persecuted. We could lose friends. We could be the only Christian in any given space. So we constantly need a fresh dose of courage and boldness from God in order to live this life out that we see Peter and John living out. Um, as some of you may know me, um, I'm pretty outgoing, often loud guy. Um, I'm pretty friendly, and oftentimes I do share my faith. And um, a lot of the times I enjoy it. Not always, but I, I do. Um, you could think that I have the ideal personality, right, to share my faith. And I hear that often, but I, I don't think that's the case. I, I truly don't believe that I have the personality to share my faith. Um, I think I just have my personality. Um, I need boldness like desperately, um, for many different situations. When it comes to sharing my faith, um, I get scared. I get really nervous to the point where I begin to tremble sometimes. Um, the truth is before I preach, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Uh, and I'll go to the bathroom like 17 times. Sometimes I don't even have to. I just go to get away. I'm just scared. I'm nervous. I need boldness. Um, I need God to empower me. I need God to remind me that it's his word, that it's his message, that he has sent me. My, my personality does not get me there. Um, I'll tell you guys, uh, I guess it's a secret, but not really. Um, another way I realize I, I still need boldness is, um, so I speak in tongues. I've been speaking in tongues for 10 years. My wife and my best friends are here right now. I bet you they don't even know that. None of you guys know. I know for sure you don't. I just kind of keep it to myself. I do my own thing. And I'm not saying that's wrong like, to like, not be out about it. I'm just not because it's awkward and it's scary and it's like I don't want to, you know, like I, but I do speak in tongues. But I just don't tell anybody or do it. I get too nervous. In my own personality, in my own extrovertness, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me to like be open about it. Like, I'm like... I'm down to try. I just started thinking about it today as I was writing. I was like, oh, yeah, this is an area where I need boldness for sure because I'm, I get scared and awkward. So much so when I'm around other people, I'm like, oh, you guys are weird. I'm like, oh, I do this too. <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I, went to, I went to Orlando uh, with Simon uh, about eight months ago or something. There was like a little cluster, a little cohort for um, leaders on this side of town. And uh, we go, and everyone's there. They start praying and standing up. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I like to pray. And they all just start speaking in tongues. I'm like, dang, bro. This is weird. <laughs> and then, I did too. I joined in, awkwardly joined in, but I do enjoy it, actually. But I don't, there's just, you guys know what I'm talking about. You guys, you guys, you guys get it, right? Um, let me share a story with you where, where uh, boldness was needed. Um, when I go to the gym... I don't like talking, actually, because I don't really enjoy going. Um, I, I, I used to like going and kind of being the you know, chatty Susie who would just go around talking to everybody. Uh, but lately, I'm, I'm going just because I know I should, not because I'm like, yeah, I look forward to going to the gym. I actually don't. But I do go. And so um, there's this guy that I met there, actually, like the, he met me. I guess I'll say he talked to me. Uh, it was like it was like my first day there actually with my daughter and uh, my wife, and he starts talking to me. And so we've built up, I guess, a relationship where every time I see him, he has to say hi. Um, and so I go to work out. This is probably like a week and a half ago, maybe. So I go to work out, do my thing, do my 30 minutes, and I'm done. That's it. 
Um, I go to show up and I'm um, doing some deadlifts and I see him working out. I'm like, all right, cool. And he comes over <laughs> and he's, he, he, he says hi and he starts giving me advice on like how to, how to do this certain lift. Um, and I had my headphones in, so I had to pause my headphones. And I'm listening to him talk, and he, he's giving me advice. And I'm just thinking to myself, bro, just go away. Like, I don't, not that I didn't want, like, need advice, or I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to do my workout. The cool part is his advice actually worked. So, like, I'm like, <laughs> listen, I'm, like, working out, right? I'm sitting there doing my lift. He gives me some advice. I'm like, okay, cool, man, thanks. I put my headphones in, and I, put, I had some weight that was a little heavier for me personally. And he's sitting there coaching me with my headphones on. He's like, you got this, bro. Lift those hips up. You got this. And I'm just like, all right. I, I had it, though. I had it, thanks to him. But I still didn't want him there. Um, and so after, after I finished my lift, I respectfully paused my music again. Um, and he starts to tell me how he has such a good wife. Like, he's like, man, my wife is great. I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. Mine is too. Um, he's like, yeah, my wife's great, man. She, uh, gosh, I really made some mistakes. I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? I got like 12 minutes left. So I'm just like, dude, I got to. He's like, yeah, she, she you know, I, I, I love my wife. Uh, she wouldn't even believe, man, the kind of stuff that I do. And I'm just like, and one, and one side, I'm like, are you cheating on your wife or something? Like, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just like, what, what's going on? On the other hand, I'm thinking, Bro, I don't actually care, right? Like, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Can I be honest with you guys? It's cool. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so I'm just like, okay, cool. Um, long story short, he goes away. I finish my lift. I get in my car. I drive away. The next day, um, God gets my attention. And uh, he's like, um, hey, next time you see that guy, I want you to tell him that, that I love him. And then I hear him, and I, and I want you to invite him out to lunch. Immediately, this happens so much with this, what I'm about to tell you. Immediately, when I heard that, I became so insecure, so nervous, so scared. I'm like, what, what if this guy's an atheist? What if other people are around? What if he just laughs in my, I start, you know, I just start creating all these things in my mind. And so, um, I realized that I needed Jesus in order to perform this thing that he was asking me to do. I needed boldness. I needed the Holy Spirit to empower me. Um, I, I, I realized that I just couldn't do this thing on my own with my own education, um, with my own experiences, with my own personality. With my, I couldn't like supercharge my extrovertness to be able to go and perform this task. I couldn't do it. I needed Jesus. I was too afraid. I was too scared. Um, now the truth is that uh, I haven't seen him yet, but I'm ready to tell him that God loves him, and that Jesus hears him. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to turn into, but I'm prepared now to do that. I could tell you a bunch of stories that, you know, where people, you know, I did, but this is more relevant, and this is where I'm at. I haven't, I haven't executed on it yet because I haven't seen him. Now, how do I get to a place where I'm ready to obey our king? How do I get past my fear, my insecurities, and stop believing the lies that were entering my mind? How did I get to a place where I didn't care about the outcome? I don't care about the outcome. I just care about listening and obeying our Father. What I did was, I looked at what Peter did. What did Peter do? Let's take a look. We see in Acts chapter 4, 13. 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were ordinary and uneducated men, they marveled and realized them as companions of Jesus. We see two things here. Number one, they realized that these are just ordinary men. Remember, Peter was a fisherman. That's not like a fancy engineer like a lot of you guys. He was a fisherman. He wasn't a scholar. He didn't have some like super fancy big corporation. He wasn't necessarily a religious leader or looked at as one yet. He was a regular person like you and I. Just a regular dude. That's who God calls regular men and women to perform the miraculous, to speak with boldness, to walk into a place, completely alter the atmosphere because the spirit of God dwells within a simpleton folk, regular people, not scholars, none of that, just children of God. The second thing we see is the religious leaders recognize that they had been with Jesus. Now, this is where the secret of boldness comes in. They were amazed that these simple men were able to speak with boldness, clarity, and confidence. They were amazed that these regular dudes were performing miracles, and quite frankly, I think they were impressed and a little bit intimidated. They were amazed that they were able to do this stuff. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. You see, it was never about Peter's personality or his education or how many likes he got on Instagram. It was never about Peter. It was always about Jesus. Jesus was the one that saved them. Jesus was the one that sent the Holy Spirit to give them boldness. And Jesus is the hero. Not Peter. Not John. Not me. And not you. Sorry to offend you, but it's not about you. It's all about him. Jesus is inviting and commanding us to participate in his story. He's inviting us to go and tell others about his goodness. You see, the secret to boldness, you can write this down, is friendship with Jesus. It's that simple. There's no magic formula. The secret to boldness is friendship with Jesus. They had recognized that these men had been companions and friends of Jesus. I've been sharing my faith off and on for about 10 years now. It's usually not an easy thing to do, and oftentimes I get extra um, insecure and nervous um, and hesitant. And what I've realized is the times where I start to feel that way are usually the seasons when I'm not spending time with Jesus. It's typically when I'm not connected to him. It's typically when I'm just kind of doing my own thing, just in my own world, kind of just going about my days, just you know, worried about my own problems in life, that's where I start to really feel that insecurity um, the most. But man, when we're connected to Jesus, right, that vine and that branch, when we're like, you know, when we're tapped in with Jesus on a regular, consistent basis, and we're listening to him, um, we can't help but share what we've seen and heard. As soon as we're just grafted in with him, we can't help it. Because he empowers us, he emboldens us, he blows our mind, he gives us the ability to step out in faith and trust him. And we can't help but share how good he is. The second secret to boldness, kind of a two-in-one, prayer and intentionality. Time and time again, we see Peter praying for boldness. Boldness for what? To speak God's word. Then each time God is faithful and gives him exactly that. God fills Peter 
with his spirit, which leads to boldness. And Peter now has the power and the ability to share his word, to share what he has seen and what he has heard. And what's interesting about Peter praying to God and asking for boldness to be able to share is it's actually a sign of humility on Peter's part. And it's a sign of humility on our part. If Peter was such a hot shot and um, his power and his personality were able to get him there, there would be no need to pray to God and ask for help and ask for boldness. Because within himself, he would be able to do it. Well, it's not his special giftings. It's not his personality. It's not his education once again. It is the power of Jesus. Here's what it looks like. It's pretty simple. We're in a relationship with Jesus, our King and Savior. The more time we spend with him, the more our hearts and desires align with his. We then start to see the need for Jesus in our given mission field, which causes us to call to God for boldness in order to share his word. God responds by filling us with his spirit, and we now are able to operate from a place of power given by God and not of ourselves. When I was working out at the gym, um, it's not that I wasn't trying to hear from God. I just wasn't. I'm just trying to do my thing. I just trying to get in, get out. Um, when God felt it was appropriate, he grabbed my attention. And he let me know. Hey, um, in a very loving way, by the way, I, I personally don't hear God as this condemning father who's trying to twist my arm. Um, I always see him as a loving father who wants to encourage me and um, guide me in what's best. But when he felt it was appropriate, he grabbed my attention. He says, hey, that, that gym, that gym isn't just for you, uh, just a place for you to go and get healthy. Um, this is your mission field. And at that moment, when fear and doubt set in, I knew I needed to rely on him for boldness. So I did just that. My prayer was something like, Lord, I hear you. I'm nervous about this. I can't do this without you. And literally within minutes is where I, I gained the boldness and the confidence to make a declaration to myself and to God. I said, okay, next time I see him, Lord, you're right. This is my mission field. I'm going to share your goodness with him. I want to share this. This is just a little tidbit. When I, mis- when I, when I, when I mention our mission field, I don't want you to think that now you, just, you have to go out. This will be too overwhelming and not even that like, necessary. I don't want you to think now you have to go out and talk to every single body at the coffee shop or at the school, or in your gym, or wherever you go. I've been going to this gym for seven months. This is the first time. This is the first time God was like, that's the guy right there, him. So it's not like every time I go, I'm like, all right, where are the 15 people at? Hey, everybody. It's not. It's just being in tune, being in relationship with the Father. Lord, who do you have for me today? Is there anybody today? And just being willing to listen. And when you're not in that heart posture, just he'll, he'll help you out. He'll, he'll get your attention. But I want to make that clear as I'm talking about a mission field and being missionaries that it don't feel this pressure that now I have to go because we, we, we just probably won't do that. And that's okay. Uh, and also then are we even partnering with God? I want to hear from God in a way where it's very specific. It's that person that God has for uh, himself today through me. Now all this comes down to being in relationship with God. It's all about that. Spending time with him, listening to him, learning from him, and enjoying him. The more we practice that, the more we will hear and the more we'll be able to follow his voice and become more familiar with what he's saying and be able to participate in some really cool things that he's doing. I'd like to worship the, uh, welcome the worship team up, please. Um, here's what's cool about Peter. We see Peter 
being real, and I'm kind of speculating here. I thought about this. But we see Peter walking with Jesus, physically with Jesus, and he has this certain type of boldness about him, a certain confidence. The moment Jesus leaves to be arrested and Peter's on his own, remember the Holy Spirit didn't arrive yet. He's, he's feeling pretty insecure. He's feeling pretty disconnected. That's where we see him kind of coward a little bit. And then when Jesus ascends and he sends the Holy Spirit, um, we then see him empowered again. So it's like every time he's with Jesus, whether in the spirit or physically, Peter's a different person. When he's left in his own kind of device, on his, he's by himself, he seems to not be able to fulfill the will of God. He seems to not be, think about the type of boldness it takes to stand in front of a bunch of people that just killed your best friend. And they're pretty much saying like, hey, if you say Jesus, test me. And he goes, Jesus. My two-year-old does that. My two-year-old does that. <laughs> he goes, Jesus. Come on, you can't do that in your own merit. Here's my question, guys. What does boldness look like for you right now? Who in your life is God calling you to share what you've seen and heard? Maybe right now, boldness for you is confession. That takes, that takes some boldness. That takes the Holy Spirit helping us. Maybe boldness for you right now is asking God to give you the ability to forgive someone or to ask for forgiveness. Or maybe boldness for you is trusting God for a specific healing. It could be addiction. It could be physical. You see, when we're partnering up with the Holy Spirit, nothing's off limits. <laughs> He's capable of doing anything and everything. We see it in our own lives, and we see it here in the Word of God. Lastly, maybe your act of boldness today is making the decision to follow Jesus. Or maybe you've made that decision, and it's getting baptized. We're going to take communion here shortly. And I want to create some space for us to ask Jesus what he has for us. What does boldness look like for us? Then we'll ask him to give us the ability in his strength and from his spirit to do just that.